So it's five o'clock, and this is This Week in Moab. I am your host. My name is Howard Trenholm. This is my talking mode. But I'm actually going to be mostly listening this evening because a couple of guests will be joining, as I mentioned, up in the studio. And a very happy Valentine's Day. I've always loved music, and I've always loved radio, so hosting a show on this day of love is a very good place to be. And joining us today, ironically, actually not, I... I thought it was a very suitable um, juxtaposition on this day. But Abby Taylor will be joining me on the phone from Sea Haven. And in an ideal world, she would be um, out on a hike right now, maybe doing something else, but not working in a crisis center. And we're going to discuss their needs because, unfortunately, humans aren't so kind and loving. And um, we have needs of places like that. And because Moab is the place it is, the most magical ingredient being synergy and all the volunteerism that this town is made up of, we have Sea Cave, and they need our help. It's a village here, so she'll be telling and reaching out with some of what they do and why they do it and how you can help them. Then later on, I describe her as perhaps uh, one of Moab's most valuable players, Sarah Melnikoff, because she has more heart than a lot of cities combined with everybody because she cares about those that are really um, have no one else out there. And for years now, decades, she's dedicated herself to helping people that can't help themselves. And that is the true measure of humanity. So it's a great honor and pleasure to have her up here and let her say her spiel. And she'll be bringing some interesting numbers up. She's part of a survey to see if um, amongst those in our midst, in our family that have no home. And they're our family. They live here with us, so she keeps account to see where we are. Unfortunately, we live in a town that finds lots of solutions for these people. I'm sure she'll be discussing those and hope, with the hope to eradicate homelessness, at least in that nature. Of course, we have a whole another degree of homelessness, which would take up hours of broadcast, which I will not um, give you this evening. I'd just like to introduce to the listeners that do not know Abby Taylor. She is the executive director of CK Fin. Well, I'll let you introduce yourself, Abby. Yeah, I'm, I'm the executive director of Sea Caven. Um, I am a sixth generation Moabite, um, and <laughs> sure. I recently moved back into Moab about six years ago and was so lucky to land a job at Sea Caven where I could work towards bettering society and um, helping people, one, advocate for themselves and, and provide that support to advocate for themselves, but also just find that self worth. Um, and just impact society better that way. Um, it's been an honor to be there, and I've been there about five years now. Wow, it's been five years, Abby. You're, I mean, in a way, you're kind of a success story in a way, because, look, I mean, you're a Moab kid, right? I mean, you grew up mm-hmm. around here, and you kind of left to see what else is out there, and yet yeah. you came back. And, and you, when, you, when you came back, you came back in such an amazing way. I mean, what you chose to do, I mean, you, obviously you made a choice to work in whatever you could work. I mean, jobs are generally not an option for people that can be here. Right? It's like, what would I like to do? But you chose your path in five years. That's really commendable in a nonprofit, Abby. So thanks on behalf of everybody for that. So yeah. just remind those, because there may be some, you know, there's always new people in Moab, as you know, that have never, you know, we have to kind of do this education, you know, quite regularly just to remind people the fabric of our community, because Sea Caven has been around for how long now? 31 years. Wow. You know your numbers, girl. That's great. 31 yeah. years. So you were 30th year last year for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, I wish it didn't have to exist personally because it's Valentine's Day and it's all supposed to be love. And um, I think something went amiss in society there. So, um, 
you were you impacted the last couple of years just as you know i mean i was mentioning this before that you know the last couple of years were not the best for humanity i would say just generally no, speaking it was one of these things that we don't see very often thankfully and it does have direct impact on basically every aspect of society, including, you know, in a, in a town with tourism, mm -hmm. um, like we are, you know, when you don't have that and the nonprofits depend on those businesses for a lot of support, it must have been a tough couple of years for your, from your side of things, too. And, and the product you're delivering, too. I'm sure you might have been overly busy the last two years, too. Yes. Uh, the past few years have been really rough. Um, I mean, it was national and international news, really, that um, the pandemic resulted in a, in, a, in a spike of violent crimes, and that does include sexual violence and domestic violence. Um, and I, I would say that we at Sea Caven, you know, being in a rural, smaller community, we didn't necessarily see these as big of spikes as maybe some urban areas did, but we definitely did see an increase in um, the amount of time that people needed. We did see more clients than we had years before, um, but we also saw things like more staff turnover as well, which has also been very common. So to, to put that all together and a, a very sizable budget cut from our biggest funder, about $140,000 in one year, um, we've been struggling. So um, but that being said, it's been amazing to see how much resilience there is in our community and how many people have reached out to say, we know you're feeling it, what can we do? We had a really great fundraiser last year. We weren't able to have the Ritz, um, our, big, our annual gala last year, but we did have a, a 30th year anniversary. We were able to say, we've been here for 30 years. Yeah. We, we're, we're still and That was here. probably we're very helpful for you last year. For yeah. sure, to have that you know leverage in a way, it does give you that. Hey, we've been around. We just didn't show up last night. You know, we've been here for thirty years. We've got an actual center, yeah. and we have plans for the future. And we just need to keep you know um, fueling this amazing resource for those that need it. I mean, sadly or not that we have to have it, but it is a fantastic resource for a lot of fragile people that are not feeling particularly loved when they, um, I guess, come to your doorstep, right? Correct. So. And and sometimes we see in those relationships a cycle of 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 feeling really loved, feeling really validated, but then um, you know these other actions are are really manipulation, controlling, exerting power over somebody, and and sometimes that is showing you know a lot of love or giving flowers or or, or what have you, but then is followed up by these really terrible acts. Sometimes that's a physical abuse. Um, but mental and emotional abuse are definitely a part of it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch people learn what is true love and what is what is a, a healthy relationship and how how can I show love and how do I expect to see love? And it's different than maybe what a lot of people learned um, growing up or just in, in their relationships in their adult life. Um, but there are a lot of success stories, I'll tell you. Hey, listen, thanks to all your advocacy work that you've done with the local law enforcement, too, because I think our community, our village needs that. It needs to understand the nature of the problem, right, and see signs so we can all be helping each other out, I suppose, and, you know, take care of each other. Definitely. And, and law enforcement, they are a really important partner to have, um, be, mostly because they're intercepting a lot of yeah. these high-risk cases. 
more often than we do. They, they're they actually called onto the scene um, to respond and are interacting with people that otherwise don't engage with us or don't come to us for services. Um, it's really important that agencies like us are uh, client-led, uh, meaning they are opting in. Everything's an option. They have the power. They have control over their lives. They need to make that decision. Um, which is, you know, in reflection to that, that power dynamic that they have in these abusive relationships, right? So when, when law enforcement is able to respond in a trauma-informed way, which, which we're working on to make sure that that education is there and that's part of their processes, um, when they can respond in that trauma-informed way and say, hey, you, you could benefit from some services or this is available to you, and people come to us after those interactions, that's what holistic and, and trauma-informed community response to um, domestic violence is, right? So I, I agree, those partners are really important, and we've been working really hard with, with them to improve those responses. Um, that multidisciplinary, holistic approach is what, what makes this health issue, a public health issue, um, something that can be addressed. And, and you see reduction in crimes, you see reduction in homicides. Um, it's, it's really important. And I think that we're really lucky to live in a place like Moab where there are so many agencies and so many people that want to make a difference. So I'm, I'm, I feel really lucky that, to be here in Moab and to see community agencies responding like this. I think it's a great number in this community because of the nature of what we are that live on the fringes mm-hmm. of poverty. And it's often yeah. poverty that drives domestic violence because it puts a lot of stress, you know, families and kids. And I, I mean, particularly, I mean, you're, I'm talking to you in February, and I, I, I mean, this is a very sad part of humanity, but it seems around the Christmas and New Year holidays when you're supposed to be celebrating family and love and all these faiths that are based in, in love, basically, and you end up, mm-hmm. it's the busiest time of year for crisis centers because of that, you know, and that's, I guess that's why people, I mean, a lot of times, you know, people are at home a lot where they're usually working. And that's, I guess, why the pandemic really put a spanner in a lot of works because people just, families weren't used to having, you know, everybody around in the same space all the time. You know, I mean, it was a handful being a parent, I would imagine, you know, you have that ability to let your children go to a place where they're safe and get an education called a school. And yet they were in your space and you had to take care of everything. So you can see where it would bubble over. You can see the causes and the effects of, you know, this beyond just the virus, you know, the unintended consequences that we didn't see coming. So I guess I want to turn, we know what you do. I mean, how do you, I mean, I know you're not doing the fundraiser and this is year 31. Mm -hmm. So, and and for those that don't know that they actually, the CK even put on one of the most fabulous soirees of Moab of the year, I would say it was a great fun night. And it's all, and I think one thing COVID's done from that aspect of Moab life is it makes people realize just how much they miss that as part of making life worth living here, right? Just these events, and it's just a lot of fun to help a really worthy cause out like yourself. So 
since you're not doing that at least in the spring and it, and they take a lot of work to organize Abby you know that because you worked in a you worked in the hospitality industry sure yeah. for this industry <laughs> of well-being right I mean you yeah. so you know full well how difficult those events are to organize you can't just say well let's just do a fundraiser you know for 200 people you know so mm-hmm. what else are you what else can we help you with I mean really my I'm the medium to get the voice out there of where can we help you since that's not happening yeah we are our, our fundraising plans for the year aren't quite determined we do have a great committee that we're, we're working together to find what is safe and and what do we need but also what does the, the community need um because yeah again that the ritz was really fun to go to it was an awesome event um that people really enjoyed mm-hmm. um but we we also love the opportunity to provide education and 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 promote awareness awareness right. with the community mm-hmm. So um, we, again, we're figuring out our, our fundraisers right now, but I, I really hope that people can make it out in April. We have a handful of events in April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Okay. And some of those, they aren't necessarily fundraisers, but they are some really awesome educational activities that we are putting together right now. Might be a little too early for me to talk about them in depth, but okay. please keep an eye out for, for April. Uh, sexual Assault Awareness Month. We'll have a handful of educational awareness types of activities, um, but people can always donate online. Awesome. I was going to. Um, I was going to. I was going to allude to that. That if you felt right now, yeah. you just want because you're hearing this, and you just feel compelled to dig deep because they would greatly appreciate it. I encourage yeah. that tremendously because we've got our own thing to do here at KZMU, right? You know, coming up. So I'll give you this time to do your. You know. <laughs> ask i mean it's a it's a family i mean i I realize i would imagine you do have some quite generous donors but on the whole it's probably a lot of small donations not unlike the radio station here so um it's it's moab based um funding i would say mostly yeah so we our website uh org slash donate um something that i have done quite a bit as, as a young adult I'd say I'm 31 now. Maybe I'm not a young adult. I can't say that anymore. But um, <laughs> it, it, we'll have this conversation donation. next year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'd be sorry. Um, but monthly donations. I, it's yeah. such a great way to just feel like you you, you did something good that month. Ten dollars a month. Yeah. It, it adds up, and especially when a lot of people are doing it, it makes a huge difference. And we do have monthly donors yeah. that. Every every month I see their name pop up in my email that their donation went through again and my heart just sings because I know that they're they're thinking of me and supporting CKVN um, on the regular. So I encourage folks to consider that monthly donation at a small rate or or if you need to to uh, if you just paid your taxes and got a really great um some money back and maybe put that towards CKVN. Yeah. yeah, let's not forget. I mean, we all operate in this um, in this business sense that we're all 501c3s i imagine you have a similar status to kzmu as far as tax status goes so yes i mean if you're a business out there i mean you're feeling good and you maybe you really had a great year last year and i know people are saying that i know there's a lot of expense you know in that for a lot of us but and what and i think you find the local businesses are probably your most generous too because you actually know them as people you know it's like it's not just uh 
bar or restaurant. No, it's Joe who has the bar and you happen to know him. So, you know, it's difficult for Joe to say no to Abby, you know, so, you know, and Joe's in town, you know, and so that's, that's the nature of our community. That's what makes it so magical yeah. here. It's like that. And that's what makes us work. And we're unique. I think a lot of us forget that, you know, we're not a typical American town, folks. You need to go away and see what it's like out there. We're magic, right. you know. Right. I think so, too. And, that, and that's one thing I miss about the Ritz um, is, is that opportunity to yeah. say, like, hey, we appreciate you and what you do for the community. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to contribute to this? It's great marketing for you, but also it helps us raise money. And it just felt so, like, synergistic, you know. Yeah. Everybody gets exactly. to support these communities that are, are struggling and experiencing violence. But, you know, we also get to pat each other on the back and, and say thank you to each other and also have a, a night on the town. And then fortunately, we can't do that event, but um, we can still support each other. And that's that's awesome. And I, I really appreciate how so, so many people have reached out the past couple of years to say, Again, we appreciate you. We're rooting for you. What can we do? Um, I feel really lucky to be a part of this town, and um, I'm, I feel really lucky to be at a place like Seat Haven at well, this time. Can I, can, I, can I offer a little bit more thanks and another big heavy dose of measure? Um, I yeah. just want to thank all the board of directors that sits quietly behind all these nonprofits that are usually are really the main mechanics of making these organizations successful. It's their efforts and energies that often keep these many organizations afloat to all of them and of course all your volunteers because I know you have a ton we don't have time to mention openings and I'm sure like any organization in Moab right now you potentially have opportunities for people to work for you even but um, maybe at the website they can find that I'm sure they're posted but I want to thank you beyond Moab because I realize that you don't you don't close the door on it because you're not from Moab and I would under, I would imagine mm -hmm. that you seek um, people seeking haven come from quite afar. I mean, I'm really looking mm -hmm. down south to where there really is poverty and on the reservation. We often forget that exists down there, but there's a lot of people there who live in much more tough positions than we are here up in Moab. You know, we, we think we have our struggles, but my goodness. And thanks for your help in that regard too, because I know you open your doors to anyone in need that seeks that safe haven. So thank you for all of it. We owe you. Yeah. So I hope we're all listening out there and realize that and just have this, you know, urge to give generously. And I urge it to be very generous because they are f truly worthy organizations. So thanks for all you do, Abby. And I wish you all the success and actually ultimately wish you didn't have to exist, to be honest, with that kind of yeah. um, ultimately like the free health clinic. It'd be great if you yeah. didn't have to exist. That would be a sign of a better society, I would say. We, we Hope springs eternal. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Abby, for your time. Thank and we look forward. Please do engage the station again as you get closer to the um, Domestic Violence Month. And um, let's yeah. get you up here again. And let's really get, educate the listeners that time, okay? And maybe help them to, to identify certain things. That sounds great. Thank All right, you. Abby. Thanks again. And have a happy Valentine's with your lovely family. You too. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Abby Taylor, she truly is one of our Moab tribe. Um, if you don't know, the Taylors have this um, family business in Moab. It keeps us all educated, informed. Um, it's called the Times Independent, and it's her family lineage that has kept that outstanding um, feature in our local community. You know how lucky Moab is? You have not only have a local radio station, you do have a local publication that's been produced in this valley since 1896. So... I believe. 
And there's a DJ that also spends time up here bringing you music. They call him the DJ Scribbler. He has a day job at that publication. So if I'm wrong, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll email me and tell me. All right, let's um, squeeze into a little bit more music. Um, Sarah Melnikoff, along with a new radio person, I believe, perhaps never been on the air live, Diego Velasquez. Velasquez, forgive me, um, Diego, I'm a Scotsman. Does she need an introduction, anybody? Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself for those uninformed people out there? <laughs> My name is Sarah Melnikoff. <laughs> and you are here because me and you want to have a chat. We haven't seen each other in a while. We haven't There's been seen a pandemic each other. and There's such. There's a lot going on with Moab Solutions. So I just came to catch up with you. What's going on with Moab Solutions? What is Moab Solutions for the alien that just arrived in the spaceship? It's an unknown organization. I found it in 2004 that... 2004? Yeah, 2004. That's almost 20 years. I know. Jeez, I feel every inch of it. <laughs> I think you were up here probably talking about it back then, right, when you first started up? I mean, how long have KCMU you KCMU has been a great partner. Um, you guys. And Our pleasure. The Trading Post. <laughs> of course. If you recall Oh, my God. Now Post. you're getting me nostalgic. I'm, <laughs> these hankies. Where are the hankies? Donnie and Fast Daddy. Oh, don't. Stop. They were huge supporters, yeah. and that, that helped us become known to the community. But we started out as a recycling advocacy group, doing massive cleanups on trails, streams, highways, byways. After us. Promoting recycling. We did the KZMU No, I mean, after humans. Us. Oh, yes, yes. After Ch- humans. Collectively. Yes. Right. All of us humans. And then um, in the course Bad of humans. wandering, we found a lot of homeless people we yeah. were actually stepping over when we were cleaning. Oh, and so we started... Helping them. Well, we were very curious. How did they get here? How can we help them? They weren't living in the best conditions. So we started working with them. And before you know it, Bob's your uncle. And we're doing all kinds of stuff. 20 years went by. <laughs> and you're still doing what you do with the passion we that do, you had the first time you did it. And we also restore public land as much as we can, especially milk. From the Canyon. public that mess it up. God, we're yes. our own worst enemies, it's, aren't we? Usually it's not the ants doing it. No, they're usually kind of constructive <laughs> in this whole process. There's the other species that are a little bit less um, when I turned bad 50, actors. When I turned 50, I realized what I wanted to be when I grew up. What's that? I wanted to be as beneficial to the planet as an ant. Wow. Because if all ants disappeared from the planet, the, the earth would perish within about five or six years. Well, we all look if like ants. If humans disappeared... Be the best thing for the planet, honestly. <laughs> honestly, if you had a jury out there with all the other species and you said, Listen, species of what who's left, aside from the dumb cows and pigs that we eat, and the, the dog's our best friend, of course. The only, the only animal in the whole jury that would support us would be the domestic dogs, Just cats, and dogs. other things. But as far as every other species that's ever existed, and they say, Well, what do you think of the humans? Are they, are they benefiting? The cockroaches would say, Yeah, they're messy. The rats actually would probably like us because we allowed them to dominate, you know, colonize Earth, you know, courtesy of us. But. It's us that the, yeah. we're our biggest problem right now. Uh, and I don't think we intend to be, but we are. Unintend- but yeah. let me tell you the best news of all. There's good news? Sitting next to me oh. after all these years. And, you know, my partner passed away. I know. So sorry. About eight he or was, nine a, he years was ago. a good man. He was a good guy. Yeah. You're lucky. Girl. He was in the background a lot. I finally, through a lot of work, raised enough funding Support. to hire a part time employee. And lo and behold, I put the ad out, and I was getting horrible resumes. Yeah, how do you pitch this job to people? I mean, how do you present it as a level? Let's, let's get this gentleman to answer the question because yeah, I'll, you're, I'll, a, you're a Mike I'll, I'll turn it over to him, but I just have to say Don't that worry. I gave up on looking after I got some responses, and I said to my board, let's look again in the autumn. 
Well, he found me, and he sent me a resume, and I actually said, you are flipping kidding me. I got the resume, and I said, somebody made this up to try to guess exactly what I would be looking for and more than I could even imagine. And so Diego and I met. That's your cue. And now I'm going to turn it Psst. over to him. That's your cue. <laughs> now, you, so who, where are you from? What do you do? Why are you here? And how are you so lucky to work for Moab's most valuable player? Lots of good questions. Okay, so start there. That's a good starter for so five. So my name is Diego. Came to Moab in August from the East Coast. Which country of the Americas did you come from as in the United States? Because they're like separate countries, it seems. They are. The they Northeast. Exist in the North. Which one? Uh, up in it's Maine. Maine. That's yeah. a better one. We like Maine. Well, welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I got here in August and... This August. This past August. Okay, and you were wandering through, or were you kind of on a sojourn or an adventure? I, uh, my partner got a job in local journalism. She's writing for The Sun. She's designing the paper as well. Her name is Allison. And wow. And you're on the radio every week as well. During the middle of the pandemic, we were like, what the hell? Let's, uh, let's move out to Moab. <laughs> Why not? Right. Um, so she came with the job. I did not have one. And... <laughs> Did a couple of days in the service industry, realizing that that was not my speed. You just chose another level of the service industry. Because so. Europe, that's all you are is service. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, so I found a different way to serve. Yeah, and, you did. Um, and a very, um, very awesome thing to do because yeah, not true. many people it's not a very appealing job for a lot of people i mean honestly because howard you are just so super nice to me today <laughs> <laughs> it's a new year why not come on life is short but now you've found a life really helping people that are um in trouble i mean i come from a country where there's more support systems than this country has oh God, yes. for less mm -hmm. privileged people it's also pst, tax money but um, it's not free. It never is. But they just reappropriate these tax dollars and different things. So in a universal care facility, you generally find there's more support systems. And but Howard, if if um, if we Moab. did that, we'd be saving so much money on law enforcement, hospital time, jail. It would take me too much sense. I know time. it would make perfect sense. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's nonsense. So let Diego <laughs> explain his um, yeah. his okay. course of studies that led him here. Uh, environmental science and political studies. Oh, um, wow. See? Oh, my God. The cesspit. <laughs> no, it's pretty good Best if it stuff. works well. When it works well, it works great. Let's face it. Yeah. When it doesn't, it doesn't. That's why we all live in Moab, you see. It's a bubble. This is our real bubble. It's a here. magical bubble. So how's it going out there? I know you've done a lot of work, and I really know that the community, other organizations are jumping in there to multicultural, um, another nonprofit. Multicultural really stepped up oh. and started doing a lot they of direction. undersung heroes, too. Yeah. Really. Amazing. Yeah. They have a whole staff. They have an office. Um, we just operate off the phone and out on the street level. And it's so. a battle, the homelessness. I mean, it's not just the homelessness, I think. I mean, you've got all the working homelessness. I mean, the people actually have jobs and work. They can't find a home either. It's sort of an indictment of our society as a whole. But let uh, Diego finish telling you about his studies. No, no, no so what are you doing to help this wonderful woman? As you've heard, Mob Solutions is, is dealing with a number of problems. I've, I found... The organization, I looked through the website and was like, how the hell does environmental science and, you know, uh, ecological reform and public lands issues relate to homelessness? It's it's the spectrum. It's the first and last resort for a lot of people in town. It's the first and last resort for, you know, our, our public lands. So very much like the organization, we're doing everything. And were uh, you involved in, in the position. very important count that occurs every year? Yes. Uh, Why don't you give us some details on that and tell us what the count is? Yeah, so one of our more recent projects is the point-in-time count. So the point-in-time count um, was a HUD-required count of all sheltered and unsheltered homeless people 
um, all across the nation. This year it took place counting the night of January 26th. Uh, we counted the three days following and uh, we found 24 or so people experiencing homelessness within Grand County. What's um, your scope of, I mean, where do you look? You obviously can't look everywhere. Grand and there's County. probably more than you can see. Right, which is part of the problem, Grand right? Um, we've got a number of intake data, I guess, uh, spreadsheets and um, places like repositories for information counting the people experiencing homelessness. And right now that actually sits at closer to 100. Wow. Um, our count was able to gar garner 24 or so. Um, but yeah, we were out at Willow Springs, out on public lands, yeah. interviewing people at 7.30 in the morning, knocking on their windows, waking them up. I wish I had a cup of coffee for them. Uh, we'll know for next year. Next year. <laughs> <What are> you, <laughs> out, looking for, out looking for camps. Right. The disparity is just off the charts. I mean, it's the best democracy money can buy, sadly. I was just talking to Julie Fox about um, oh how things were in the 70s. There was a moment. There was a window. There was a time when it looked like the environment was going to come first. This was going to come first. And then big business went, oops. Greed. We got to stop these MFers. The love of money is the root of all I evil. I believe that's what happened. Money is not the root. <laughs> it's the love of it. It's the root of all evil. Hey, bad. I want to tell you something now. Um, some people are generous. So we get okay. more out of this than we are yeah. giving. Yeah. It's not, you don't do it. That's the thing about this, what you do. That's why it's so magnificent. You can't measure it in monetary terms. That's why yeah. I, I'm not kidding when I say we owe you so much because you just do this, you know, every day. It's it, every day is a new day for you, and it's all because you're like a nurse in a way. You you care, and that's so lacking in humanity. And that's what Moab makes so. That's what makes this place so special. That's why we're doing this right now. If Moab didn't care, we wouldn't have a radio station to talk about a crisis center, to talk about somebody that's trying to take care of people that ha can't take care of themselves. Nobody else is doing it. Sarah does it. People do do that, and they're the heroes of the communities, and they don't get the credit and support. And that's why Moab's better than anywhere else. I mean, I hate to be proud and pious, but we are. It is a beaut, but guess what? <laughs> Come to our fundraiser at City Market. Okay, yes, good. And you watch the community is just so generous and caring and warm. They want to help. And yep. everyone gives a little, and we end up with a lot, and we have enough to help people with private donations, et cetera, for the whole year. It's amazing. So anyway, I heard, you, talk, I heard you talking to Abby about um, some of the work they're doing, and she talked about the police, how important they are. Yeah. The police are vital to the work we're doing also. We interact with the police all the time, and I feel like here they get a little bit of a bad rap sometimes. But I have seen so many law enforcement take money out of their own pocket to help people. I get calls 24-7, I'm on call, and a lot of my calls in the middle of the night are police needing to put someone up who's out on the street or in trouble in some way. So I just wanted to shout out to the Moab City Police and the Howard. County Sheriffs. So that's 10 years of Sarah being on call 24-7, wow. 365 days a year. That's why I look tired. <laughs> no, I don't get that many calls in the middle of the night, but I do get some. <laughs> That's why that, my phone has uh, the loudest, most obnoxious ring. That it does. Can, <laughs> <laughs> what that, that sort of energy is amazing. The, yeah, and it, those sorts of calls come from all over the place, right? It's my police department. It's, it's other agencies calling us for help. Um, and yeah, like Sarah was talking about with our, with our community fundraising events, um, it's really the community giving back that helps support that. But yeah. It's very it's, circular. Ten years is a long time. Well, what? I mean, the community support, and we help, you know, we're entrusted with their money, and we 
do the best we can with it. And where do you get, I mean, wh- I mean, you've mentioned things where you can support you. I mean, Seacaven mentioned the website where you can go online and donate. Is that possible in your world too? No, no, no. You're no, more no. simplistic. We don't accept money. You don't accept money. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is fake news, by the way. It's that is not true. small acts of kindness. Moab-solutions.org is our website. We have a donate button on there. Are you a formal organization? I know you've came out of the... Uh, so you are. Yeah. So you are oh, entitled yeah. to ask for fundraising, and that's yeah. no shame there. Do you have a board of directors, too? That can, yes. Would you want to kind of mention them and thank them for some... Are they, are they like to be made quiet? Lenore Beeson. She's been in real estate almost 30 years. Very sharp, very witty. Uh, Dave Early. And someone you may know, Robin Zank from the past. Okay. Neva Hart's Bakery. And She's a bunch of volunteers, I would imagine. I feel like the community is our main partner, everyone in the community. What would your ideal solution be? I mean, would you like to see a shelter built perhaps that might offer a bit safer, like a a haven for safety? Well, housing first is the best thing, but we can't do that 100%. We need an emergency warming center or shelter just so people don't die out on the street. Very simple, bare bones. But we'd like to see something more inclusive. Because, Howard, the main thing is create an environment that allows the person to want to move forward, to feel supported in making the decision themselves. That's what we strive to do. Not you do always well. successful. But well, <laughs> no, you never give up that positive thought of that. It's not, it's not what happened yesterday. It's what's happening tomorrow, right? Well, our motto sort of is giving up is not an option. I, I sort of came up with that working with the alcoholics because relapse is part of recovery. Yeah. And I would just say, I'm, not, I'm never giving up until someone dies. Then I don't have much help. They get, people get in spirals, and it's really hard to pull them out and imagine. It's Very just, hard. It's, it's really, it's hard because, I mean, people really want to help, and it's, it also comes to them wanting to help themselves, too. They have to have hope within their own lives. I think if they're, you kind of offer them a beacon of hope or trying to, that maybe you can offer them a better life and show them that there is one and give them, because they have to find that within themselves, I would imagine, to really rise up out of and it. Some have been so marginalized and yeah. so soaked in alcohol or meth or something that it takes a while for them to be able to get to that point if they do. It's so you're thinking about, what, 2004, it's 2022 now, so maybe in another 10 years you'll have somebody else to bring up here in addition to <laughs> I hope so. I you're hope you get the resources you need, honestly. I you're wish very you... optimistic. Yeah. I know. Well, you've got to be, right? <laughs> What's the opposite of that? I don't want to go there. I'm an optimistic pessimist. Well, anything you want to say? One last um, hurrah. I've got a few minutes left. I'll keep you going as long as I can here. It's great to have you in the studio. It's been a long time. So. I know. It's been it way too long. We didn't, we, had, we didn't have live guests for a long time in the nature of community oh, radio. Right. That COVID thing. I know, that thing. You know what's funny? My life didn't change at all because of COVID. Because <laughs> I live by myself. <laughs> You like social isolation of sorts. <laughs> I go out to the canyon every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm outdoors most of the time. So it didn't, you know, just wear a mask when you're indoors. It's interesting. Moab's product is kind of distancing and isolation because people come from these very busy areas, like where there's lots of people. And although we might perceive them as being en masse in places like the park, in their eyes, there's nobody here. <laughs> So they're isolated <laughs> and distant from everybody else. And people actually go out, you know, like me. I, if I see another car, that's where I don't want to hike. Right. I mean, if I exactly. see a human being within 10 miles. And luckily here, we have a big platform to find space. Yeah. <laughs>
Listen, it's really great. I mean, Moab is blessed with a lot of nonprofits, and I featured two tonight. I could feature a year's worth of shows and really commendable for what you do because often undersung, society often likes to put things like this under the carpet and rather not even oh, deal yeah. with it. And Sarah decides, <laughs> now what's under there? I want to see if I can get that lump out of the floor. And you know and what, Howard, just now, um, because we don't have a lot of services, we had to cobble together responses to need. And so a lot of the nonprofits work there's a family and nonprofits working together. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's all together. I mean, it's funny because the, I mean, there's a lot of animosity towards business, but the business is a very big supporter of the nonprofits too. In fact, we work in harmony. Of course, all businesses out there happen to be listing 501c3s. It's a tax write-off, folks. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> give big. Give till it hurts. And I'd like to match whatever you're going to give to Sea Cave and then match that and give this to yeah. Sarah and her and Moab Solutions. I want Moab to be the cleanest town in the universe. Oh. All well, the trails, all the streets, everything. But well, you're, with having people like you in there committed to it, we'll get there, Sarah. So thank you. It's a road. It doesn't. Get, you don't get there overnight. <laughs> no, it's a. It's, it's a road by, less traveled. It's by it's a <laughs> thank you both, and again, thanks to Abby Taylor. Thanks for being here. It's always well, a pleasure. We'll s- yeah, leave that on our board, and we'll pipe out your. And of course, we're always an opportunity for nonprofits to do a PSA up here at the station for anything you need. We are here to be your voice to Bless help you your out. Heart, too. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. See you next time.